Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where we have a massive topic tonight. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. I'm not the massive topic. I'm not fat. <laughs> tonight, we're talking about <laughs> MMOs. Um, and before we get into the main topic, I just wanted to say I have a thunderstorm going on in the background. So if you hear noise like that, it's on my end. But I'll do the best I can to clean it up in post. Anyway, we're talking about MMOs tonight. We're not going to do a super deep dive into any one because we could probably do a whole podcast on a lot of these. And we might eventually. Yeah. This is more like we haven't talked about MMOs nearly at all. So we want to get our, kind of our baseline and our history with MMOs and our general feelings out there for you guys. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about, the reason I wanted to talk about MMOs is because for me, this is the main genre of games that I've played since I was 15 years old, that this is the just the biggest influence in terms of gaming that I've had is just online gaming. So it's very hard to just think about doing this in an hour. Yeah. And, you know, I think I've probably put more time into MMOs than any other like genre of games out there. But I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't think that it actually takes up that much more like mental space for me. I know a lot of people that get mm. into an MMO and they it never kind of leaves their mind. And yeah. I'm I'm pretty good at just kind of like leaving them in the past when I'm done with them. And you know, I like talking about them. I like thinking about them, but I don't obsess over them like a lot of people do, which is yeah. also kind of interesting for me. Yeah, and that's really interesting for me because I'm the kind that obsesses over it. I've had to pull back from online gaming specifically because of an obsessive, addictive personality. So to hear you say, oh, I just I can play them and, you know, eh, it's like, oh, I don't understand how your brain works. How do you do that? How do you play these? Yeah, I mean, I play them a lot like a single player game. Um you know, if a bunch of people that I know are also playing it, then I like grouping and I like doing kind of yeah. some end game content, but I like seeing new things in games. So once you actually hit end game, I don't like the gear treadmill. I don't like the grind. Like, I just, I don't buy into that part of it. So I'm okay right. with just, you know, I'm done with this game. I'm not having fun. I'm stepping away from it. Like, I'm not going to keep doing it week after week just because it's there. And like, that's one of the reasons we're already on tangents, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> that's one of the reasons that subscription mmos really bug me in a lot of ways i feel like if i'm right. paying that subscription i have to be making the most of the money even though yes in the grand scheme of things like 15 dollars a month is not that much it's like what you're paying for netflix and hulu put together cost you more right. than an mmo in a month but when you know that like the money's coming out every month and you're paying for the time in game i feel like i should be playing that more than anything else and i hate that feeling so much yeah. more than like I, I don't even know. I don't know. It just bugs me. At what point in your MMO career did you get to that realization? Because it took me a good decade into playing World of Warcraft, which was probably over, which was over 15 years in terms of overall MMOs to get to that point where I realized that issue. So it's probably when I came back to WoW the second time, which we'll talk our histories here in a second, but when I came back to WoW the second time, um, I played the end of Burning Crusade. Like I caught up right before Wrath of the Lich King came out and it was when I hit end game of Wrath of the Lich King. So it was really okay. the first time that I ever got to like end game content that I could consistently do in WoW. That was when okay. I figured it out. And it was just a little past that for me. It was all the way through Cataclysm that I realized it. It was before Pandaria was released where I really got, I was done. I was done at the end of Cataclysm. I even killed, I killed Deathwing and logged my character out. And I was like, I've completed where this is. 
then I started playing much later when I had mono, but that's different. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for me, like when I played vanilla, I hit the level cap, but I never there weren't really tools in the game to be able to play it casually at end game. Um, yes, because it was vanilla, like it was missing so much. And for me, I didn't actually get to that real end game, like, you know, gear treadmill, just grinding it out. I never hit that in any MMO until I hit that in Wrath of the Lich King. So it was the very first time I hit that ever across any MMO. That's when I realized that I just hate that feeling of that end game grind, paying money every month. It's kind of like all of that put together. I just, I don't like the way it makes me feel. Which I completely get. I don't like the way it makes me feel now. I was, I think I was looking for that when I was younger, that kind of constantly searching and trying to, you know, better myself. I was using it and projecting a lot into, you know, I can do this and get shiny things and I wasn't doing it in real life. No, I see that. And maybe, we, okay, we should jump back and talk history okay. here. So we should go probably chronologically just because we probably have things to talk about about the same games, whereas normally yeah. that's not always the case. I think you had more Ultima Online, so you're probably where we start off here. Okay, so we've talked about me being a slumlord in Ultima Online before, and if you guys haven't listened to that episode, I talk a lot about Ultima Online in the episode where we talk about our gaming habits change, but most of all, I actually started with Diablo. Even though it's not an MMO, that was my introduction to online games, because I wanted to play Ultima Online, and my mom, when I was 15 years old, wouldn't give me her credit card. And so Diablo didn't require one, so my friends and I played it together and then when we were finally able to get the credit card we had to make a decision EverQuest and Ultima Online were out at the same time and we had to decide which of these games we were going to play because we were at our parents expense playing these games and they were willing to subscribe for us and so we had to decide would we rather play EverQuest which is a treadmill level based fighting monsters game or would we rather play Ultima Online where you are living in a world and fighting other people and we chose fighting other people with Ultima Online and living in this world uh, because EverQuest didn't ever feel that way for us so we wanted one where we use skills and the main thing that we loved about Ultima Online was that you could do anything it was so much more open-ended than EverQuest, that you just had skill points instead of levels and classes. That was perfect for us. It was my perfect introduction to online gaming because it wasn't very gamified. You were just out doing things. There weren't quests. There weren't levels. There weren't experience points to earn. It was you get put into the game and you have a few things in your backpack and you just figure out what's going on. You go to a shop and pick up an axe and you can become a carpenter. If you pick up a spear, you become a fencer. It's just whatever you want to do. There's no introduction or tutorial. So that was what we wanted at the time. And still I have this feeling of just wonder at the expansiveness of this game where I felt like I really could accomplish anything, which I've really never felt in another MMO because of how gated the content tends to be. And 
I think this kind of points to one of the fundamental differences between us because I think you like sandbox games a lot more than I do still. I even, do. Even if it's a single player game. I will get bored in a sandbox if I don't have a critical path to follow. If I don't okay. have things that I can latch onto that feel like progression. I like the feeling of progression as long as I'm getting to new content along the way. So around this same time when you were doing Ultima Online, I fell on the other side of it. I did EverQuest. So me okay. and my whole friend group in it's probably middle school i think i was looking at the time frame of when things came out we played a ton of everquest and mm. um for me my first online games weren't diablo it was probably another blizzard game actually uh starcraft starcraft was oh. like my first big online game so after starcraft it was everquest and everquest just blew me away like i've have some friends that i played with at the time that now that were like you know around 30 they've gone back to some of those old servers that have the original <laughs> game code running and they can still enjoy it i tried that at one of their houses and there's no way i can ever go back to everquest i, I did the same thing i installed it and couldn't stand it and i spent a lot of time in everquest down the road after a few expansions even the first expansion i went i went and started to play everquest and going back now it was just a couple of months ago that i did it i believe it was over the summer i could not stand playing that game anymore the genre has moved on and it was awesome yeah but at the time i absolutely loved it like everquest is oh, yeah. always gonna have this like magical place in my heart for being the first online world that i was a part of even though it wasn't my first online game it was the first one that like you said it felt like a living world with other people in it doing things accomplishing tasks you know making progress i love that feeling of progress and leveling up finding new zones you know <laughs> training mobs to the zone and like <laughs> things like you just Crushbone. Like I still have the layout of Crushbone Castle just yep. in my memory forever. Like I don't know how many times I trained mobs to the zone from there. And okay, yeah, I have. I'm going to interrupt you here because I have to ask you a question. You've read Ready Player One, correct? Yes. Okay, you know the part where he goes in and has his friend drop him in a zone and starts killing orcs. Yep. At the very beginning. I see that in my head every time it's Crushbone. Yeah, I could see that. Do you do you do that, or is that really just me? Because when you get dropped into this zone, I think of EverQuest and Crushbone and him going around and just farming orcs in uh, in EverQuest. Yeah, I, I can totally see that for sure. But yeah, EverQuest, that's, that's where I started MMOs, and I loved it. So I'm curious with this, that how do you not like the gear grind? Because that was one of the biggest turnoffs for me with EverQuest is how it was a constant treadmill how I was always trying to push through that I saw the exploration and the fun and I had a great deal of it but it was never as as awe-inspiring I guess as some of the other games because of that that kind of grindiness and you know I, I remember the grindiness for levels but I had this friend group that we were all playing together so there were always other people online there was always a group and I never felt like I was stuck on a gear treadmill, which is what happens okay. when you actually like reach the end of the content. And part yeah. of it was probably that I never hit max level in EverQuest until, you know, the next expansion came out and then it was easier to hit the old right. level cap. I never, ever got to end game because you die and you would lose experience. <laughs> and you, you would lose levels. Like if you've never played EverQuest, it was punitive when you died. Yes. Your corpse would sit on the ground right where you died and you would lose experience. And if you lost enough experience, you would lose a level and your corpse, you had to go and get it. 
like it didn't you didn't just resurrect at a graveyard and okay you're good to go like in wow like you have to run grab your corpse which might be sitting in a basement of a haunted castle and drag it out of the zone with mobs chasing you because yep. if you don't do that and you try to loot it there they'll just kill you before you can get away and your corpse still had your armor on it if yeah. you were running naked doing this yep. and then you were having to slash corpse to be able to drag it away from you so you had a macro of slash corpse as you ran with it targeted it was insane i uh, i still have slash corpse nightmares <laughs> yeah corpse runs that was a very yeah. very real thing that was a big part of the game and because of that, I never got to end game. Um, so yeah. I always felt like whenever I would get online with my friends and make a little progress on a level or level up enough to reach the next zone, I always felt like I was making progress in the game and I never right. hit the end. So that's probably why it didn't bug me. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. After that, I, th I think I kind of took a break from MMOs for a while. They're just, you know, we fell out of it and I was doing other stuff. And then WoW came out when I was sometime in high school. And well, Star Wars Galaxies had come out before that. Did you oh, play it? I played that a little. I tried it, and I really liked it, and there's never been a game quite like it. No, and I fell hard into Star Wars Galaxies. Like you did with EverQuest, all of my friends were playing this, and I love Star Wars Galaxies. And the reason I actually brought it up before World of Warcraft is because it's the game I quit to play WoW, and I had just gotten a Jedi. I had gone through the hollow grinding, and where that was where the way that you got a Jedi, Jedi's weren't a selectable character, so you had to go through and basically holocrons were out there that you could do different kind that you had to master different professions. So every character had a random number of or a random selection of professions uh, that you had to master and they were generated automatically when the character was created and you could learn five of the six of them and the sixth one was always a mystery and you just had to basically at random pick things and hope you got lucky well i holograund out my five and it took me about six months to do of just constant macroing constant playing and i did it and i made a choice i got to the point where I, they were putting out the uh the NGE the new game experience and I had to choose either finishing out the last two or three professions or going on my first vacation with my friends that we were going to take alone over spring break and I chose spring break rather than hollow grinding at that point so I had to finish out my Jedi when they put in the village it took me like an hour or so to get but I still got a Jedi I still consider that I hollow grinded out my Jedi because I did five of the six and was within two professions of getting it and I had my Wookiee Jedi and sold my Star Wars Galaxies account for a few hundred dollars whenever whenever World of Warcraft came out so I didn't know if you had played it to the extent that I did specifically because I had a guild I had my town that I was with. I had my people. And uh, I made really good, like, friends who I kept up with. And we were, you know, real-life friends being able to talk, kind of like you and me. So I was curious because it had a wonderful community and didn't know if you got into that. Um, I played it enough to see the edges of that, but I didn't have friends that were playing. And I never really got into a guild for it. Like, I didn't make it super far. I just, I played enough that in hindsight, I realized how interesting of a game it was. But at the time, like, I didn't have enough context for MMOs to appreciate it, if that makes any right. sense. That like, does. 
now you can look back and go, that was amazing because you could have entire characters, entire careers where you didn't have combat. Like you could yes. be a vendor, you could be like a dancer, right? You can be like mm-hmm. crafters. And yep. it was a legitimate way to play the entire game. It wasn't a side thought like it is in so many MMOs now. It was like a whole core experience separate from combat. And no one's really done that since. They haven't. And the thing is that with those, being the crafter, being the dancer, they were integral to the other characters succeeding in the game that you had to have armor crafters to be able to take down the hardest monsters in the game because you couldn't get it. There wasn't loot off of monsters, really. There was only, it was a player-run economy. You had to have dancers and entertainers and musicians. Otherwise, everyone who came back from combat wouldn't have been able to get rid of their wounds that they did. You had permanent stat loss until you spend enough time watching an entertainer and resting essentially it was it was awesome to be able to have a completely player run economy that and player run system that if you went to a city and there wasn't a doctor around to heal whatever wounds you had you couldn't do anything that that you were stuck until another player was there and that sounds punitive now but even now it seems like oh that would be kind of fun to actually have to rely on other people but not to the point of final fantasy 11 having to rely on people yeah like a modern version of the systems in star wars galaxies would be really interesting to see because they've learned mm-hmm. so much about not making mmos punitive like we talked about because nowadays that would just turn people off but if you took right. some of the core concepts of actually having all of these things you could do that were in combat and have them be an entire game on their own that supported all of the other like combat roles it could right. be a very interesting mmo so yeah I, pl- I played a little bit of star wars galaxies and then i moved on to wow which i know yeah. you did too and we can talk about wow here in a second i'm going to run through my wow history really quick basically right. I played vanilla. Um, I reached level cap, but I never did end game content because it was just hard to do at the time because it was vanilla. So I stopped playing for a while. I didn't play most of Burning Crusade, which if you don't know, guys, most of you listening have probably played WoW at some point, but Burning Crusade was the first expansion. I didn't play Burning Crusade. And then right before Wrath of the Lich King came out, um, some of my friends convinced me to get back into it. They said, no, Wrath is going to be really fun. You can play with us. You can level up with us. We'll do some endgame stuff. You know, they're making it easier to do endgame, basically. So about two weeks before Wrath of the Lich King came out, I resubscribed. And by then, I think Burning Crusade was free if you bought Wrath like ahead of time mm, okay. or something. So I never actually paid for Burning Crusade. So two in two weeks, I just went through all of Burning Crusade. And like two days before Wrath came out, I hit level cap. And then I immediately went into Wrath. I played Wrath of the Lich King all the way through Endgame. And that was the first time I ever reached Endgame. I did raiding for the first time. I only raided a couple times, but enough to actually beat like whatever that first main raid was. And Naxxramas. Yes, yes, I beat Nax. I, I want to say there might have been another one I played too, but I'm, I'm sure I beat Nax for sure. Old War was the next one, and then you go into uh, Trial of the Champion, or Trial of the Crusader, and then it went into Ice Crown Citadel. Yeah, no, I just did Nax then. So I, I beat Nax, and then that was when I hit that endgame gear grind, and I was like, I hate yep. this feeling, and I'm done. So I took a break. Um, I came back right when Cataclysm came out and played basically Cataclysm all the way up to end game, did the same thing, you know, did whatever that first raid was once or twice, and then I was done again. And since then, I haven't been back to WoW. Which 
and I had a similar experience to some of your stuff in in WoW, but I was a raider that when I started, I started in one of the early beta or one of the late betas, and back when you could still play as a dwarf mage, and I loved it. And then when the then when vanilla was released and you couldn't play that anymore. I chose a warlock. I was a known warlock, and I played through, and then I decided that I wanted to heal. I didn't like DPSing, and that was the the end of it for me. And I actually did find a group. I was really lucky that when I had a druid that I was healing with, I found a, a friend in... Oh, what was the dungeon called in in Stratholme where he was teaching me how to heal? And if this guy hadn't taught me how to heal, he recruited me into his guild. He taught me how to heal. And I stuck with these people that I found in when this is back before the second tier rating came out. This is back still during Molten Core when, when it was first out. And I started raiding with these people and... They were some of my best friends. To this day, I keep up with some of them. I've met them in real life. Uh, a couple of three of them came down to Tennessee and had a New Year's party with me. So what's up, John, Adam, and Edder? And uh, I mean, they were the first people who I'd ever met online who traveled from Michigan and Indiana to come down and hang out with us. And they became people. They were people that we cared about each other. And, you know, they stayed at my house. We, we, stole Talon Mars clothes and out of the shower and poured cold water on him. I have a, I have a butt or did I had a butt print in my car from where one of the guys dented it when trying to pick up the other guy. It was in the parking lot. It was the raiding experience in world of Warcraft to me. Wasn't about the gear. It was about doing it with these people. And as long as I was doing it with them, it was cool. And I did it through every expansion. I went as far as we could get into it as hardcore as we could get into it with our both skill set and schedules but I was the exact opposite of you in that while I would give up on each expansion eventually it was at the end of the end game when I got burned out on that but would continually keep in contact with the people I knew that's cool I mean I hear that from so many people that you know the MMO is about the people for them which I totally get I just you know outside of my actual like real life friend group in middle school high school when we did basically when we did everquest and then the beginning of wow i've never really had that again but outside of that uh, yeah i've never really gotten that again so it's really cool i love hearing the stories about it and now i have so many like online friends that if i did get back into it like i would know servers to go to i would know people to go to to get into a good guild i just i don't know i haven't gotten back into wow since cataclysm basically when did you stop is when I'm because I, I know you don't like play anymore, but have you played all the expansions up to this point still? Yes, up to Legion. What had happened was I decided to get rid of well, get rid. I decided to cancel my account at the end of Cataclysm. I beat Dragon Soul. I logged my priest out and I basically said I was done because my wife and I had a conversation where she said, I don't understand why you play this game. It does nothing but make you angry but i'm having fun i love this game and she's like no you're angry all the time i hear you yelling curse words from the other room all the time and then you come in here when you're done and you're mad and i'm i sit there i look and i was like yeah that's kind of right it puts me in a bad mood after i'm done so i think about it for a while and i quit and then Pandaria was released and I didn't care. Like it looked like an April Fool's joke and that was that I wasn't going to play anymore. And what happened was I got sick. 
I got sick and couldn't go to work, that I got mono, I was so weak that the only thing I could do, it was terrible to lay down, and the only thing I could do was sit up. So I would sit at my desk, and I found a, they were having a sale on Miss of Pandaria at that point, and I got it, and actually had a wonderful time. I went through, it was late in the game, I experienced all the content, experienced the raid finder versions of the dungeons, and the raids, and it was great. And then I got really excited for Warlords of Draenor after that because it was coming back to the Burning Crusade. It was doing that again. It was the fan service expansion. And that was my favorite expansion because that was one that I had most of my fun with with my friends of playing the Burning Crusade. So, of course, I went back and played it, but I didn't do very much of the raids. I finished it. I did a couple of the in-game pieces of content, and then I got bored and quit again. And when they released the Hellfire Citadel part of it at the very end and the Tannen Jungle, or however it's pronounced, the I did all of the daily stuff through it that I did, completed all of the content there and saw almost all of the raid. And I just realized I'm done. This is a game that has not changed. And I have. It's not a bad game by any means, but it does not fulfill what I need in gaming anymore. Yeah, that's interesting. So you kind of got to the same point that I did, but in a different way. It sounds like if you hadn't right. gotten sick, you might have been done with it like a lot earlier. Yeah, I really think so, because I got sick and I got bored and I didn't have anything to play. So I fell back on the old standby that yeah. I hadn't experienced it. I hadn't played it that if I'd been playing single player games like we've been doing lately with the Final Fantasy games and and, and things like that. I probably would never have gone back to WoW, but because I didn't have anything else to do, I was like, all right, WoW it is. <laughs> and I mean, WoW has kind of like, let's talk about WoW for a minute while we're here. Like, it's basically defined our modern definition of what MMOs are. And it, like, we live in yeah. the shadow of WoW now. And I kind of hate it, but at the same time, you have to respect it. Like, WoW is this huge juggernaut. It's basically the leader in MMOs and always has been and looks like it yeah. continue, you know, will keep being for a long time. But it's like every game that's come out ever since Vanilla WoW feels like a WoW spinoff. Like they took the system yes. and they tried to tweak it or change it or put a new setting on it. And like, even though it's hard to find someone who hasn't enjoyed at least some time in WoW, like I want something different is kind of where I am now. Like, I don't want a new MMO to come out and it just be the same hot bar combat yes. wow feel. And it kind of bugs me that we live in an era where, like, every MMO kind of feels like that, which there are some exceptions, which I'll get to in a minute. But for the most part, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And one thing that we have to look at that I think that gets overlooked a lot nowadays, because WoW really is this mega success story that, that defines everything in this genre now, when it came out, it actually got a fair bit of criticism for being an EverQuest clone. That Blizzard was getting a bit of flack for taking a what 989 and Sony had made and were just doing the pretty much the same thing. But they took that same formula and polished it and did it better, which no one has been able to really accomplish because WoW did it so well. Well, and I think that happened because it was before people understood that this is what Blizzard is excellent at. They're excellent at yes. taking an idea, pulling out the core of it, 
putting it in their own world and then polishing it. And they just polish it and polish it and polish it until it's the best version of that that it can be. I mean, right. we know this with Overwatch. You know, it's basically Team Fortress 2. The core of it is yep. Team Fortress 2. But they took it and they made it so much better and they polished it until it's wonderful. And here, now you have a shooter that's a Blizzard shooter. They did the yep. same thing with Heroes of the Storm. You know, they took League of Legends or they took Dota or however, you know, whatever game you want to say yeah. they pulled it from and made it their own and they polished it until it's amazing. Same thing with Hearthstone. I mean, yeah, I can't, I'm not mad at WoW, even though we live in the shadow of WoW. Right. Because we've gotten so many things out of it and it's defined like all the MMOs after it, but we have gotten things like Hearthstone out of it. And like, I love this Hearthstone, is true. you know? Yeah. And that's really cool too. Um, the other thing about WoW that I just wanted to mention, which kind of makes me sad, is I feel like it may have killed off Warcraft as an RTS game. Like, we yeah. haven't had a Warcraft 4, and it's been a long time. And at this point, I'm starting to suspect that we might not ever get a Warcraft 4, and that kind of makes me sad. It does. And I'm not even a real-time strategy fan, but I want to play Warcraft 4 out of nostalgia. I want to play a, a future game out of nostalgia, simply because of how much i loved the other ones yeah i loved like the warcraft rts's and just as much as i love starcraft yep. you know they're really good and i don't like starcraft that's that's something because like i said i'm not an rts fan so i never got into starcraft <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so wow was a huge game we could probably do a whole yeah. podcast on it and maybe we will later did you have anything sure else we will. like main big you know high picture view that you want to say about it oh not that i can think of because we would have to really deep dive into wow i mean yeah. if, if we talk about anything about world of warcraft we're pretty much going to go on to deep tangents yeah okay so i wanted to mention um before we get into a couple other topics here or questions about mmos like other games that i've played over the years right where i'm just right. kind of we're talking more deeply about these ones that we've invested a lot of time into. But as far as MMOs, I've sampled so many of them. I've tried so many of them for a month or so. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I did play Ultima Online a little bit, even though it was much later than you did, and I never really got right. into it. RuneScape, Star Wars Galaxies, like we talked about, Anarchy Online. I did try yep. Final Fantasy um, 11, yep. City of Heroes, Champions Online, Dungeons yep, & Dragons yep, yep. Online. Lord mm -hmm. of the Rings Online, Star Trek Online, all of these games with online at the end of them. Um, yep. <laughs> Star Wars The Old Republic I played, and I wanted to love it, and I just, I'd never been able to get into it. Guild Wars 1 and 2, both yep. of those. Um, Realm of the Mad God, which is kind of an interesting one. And then you said that you you played a bunch of Asheron's Call and Asheron's Call 2, right? I never really did those. I played, I played some of Asheron's Call 1, and it was it was a good game. I played a decent amount of Asheron's Call 2, and it was fantastic. It was just ahead of its time. That it had it had talent trees, it had just a, a wonderful fast travel system that didn't make the world feel small, kind of like WoW Griffin Flight, and nobody cared. That was the main problem with Asheron's Call 2, is that so few people cared, they eventually shut it down. Oh, that's sad. And then you tried more like free-to-play MMOs than me too, right? Pretty much every free-to-play MMO that I heard about, I went, downloaded, and played it. Um, I spent probably more time on Order and Chaos on my cell phone than a lot of them just because it was on my cell phone, um, which is weird having a fully fleshed out WoW clone on your uh, mobile device. But it, it, it was neat is pretty much the best way I can put it. Same for Order and Chaos 2. Um, Runes of Magic was one of the first ones I played, which is one of the first 
F2P MMOs like ever. It was one of them that really got the idea of microtransactions out there. And it was a really, really good game. It was a straight up WoW, like WoW clone. There was no way around it, except it had subclasses. So, I mean, Jennifer and Jeff, you can uh, you can go play Runes of Magic. It's still around. Uh, <laughs> but they had a lot of uh, subclasses in there, which is something that people had wanted World of Warcraft to have and it never put in. So... It was interesting like that, but there was entirely too much microtransaction going on that I can't think of a whole lot of others. I played all the ones except for Realm of the Mad God that you had mentioned. I pretty much sampled everything I could get my hands on. I spent more time in Star Wars The Old Republic than most of them. Final Fantasy fourteen. I got all the way to the end of the main part of A Realm Reborn and never got into Heavensward. Um, I'm just trying to think pretty much anything online i tried marvel heroes even though it's not quite an mmo i played a lot of it goodness me eve online i tried to like eve online i wanted to like eve online i still want to like eve online and i think i'm better suited to reading about eve online than playing it yeah okay i need to jump in here so two things like that are more at the end of my history here like all those ones that we glazed over that we tried these and we have opinions on them. So if you want to hear more about any of those things that we just ran down the list of, hit us up on Twitter because we'll gladly talk to you. Oh, yeah. Um, we definitely have opinions. We just don't have you know, 10 hours tonight to record. But um, <laughs> Final Fantasy 14 is fantastic. And I've talked about that on the Final Fantasy episodes a lot. I didn't play it until like a year and a half ago when I finally hit the end of my Final Fantasy project. And so I kind of had to make myself. Okay. I went into it not expecting to like it because I hated 11 and 14 yes. is amazing. Like it's, it's probably the best MMO on the market right next to wow these days. I highly recommend it if you're a Final Fantasy fan or if you like, you know, the wow style MMOs and you just don't want to play wow right now. Seriously, check it out. And I yeah. have gone, I went all the way to end game and then I went into heaven's word and i got all the way to end game of heaven's word before the first content patch i haven't really been back since and it is even though it is similar in play style to wow i think that even if you're not a fan of world of warcraft that you will still find things to like in final fantasy 14 because it is just different enough to give you a completely different play style and a completely different atmosphere and feel so even though we say it's the same style of game it is it has just an entirely different aesthetic and feel to it, so don't feel as though they're the same. It has amazing structures in place to build community in ways yes. that WoW does not. It has all of these little things when it comes to dungeon finder and like level scaling and going through yep. old content dungeons to help out newbies that... Like, no matter where you are or how you get into those dungeons, you're always gaining something out of it, even if you're, yes. like, endgame, right? Like, they've built all these structures in place that WoW really needs to take a look at and then blatantly rip them off and put into World of Warcraft because it would yeah, make the game— just straight up steal it. It would make the game better, without a question. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. So— if you don't really love the WoW community, but you like some of the core gameplay, you might want to look at Final Fantasy XIV. The other thing I need to mention, EVE Online, I spent a ton of time playing EVE Online because I... Really? Yeah, I wanted to love it. And this is the exception <laughs> yeah. that I said that I would get back to. I said that basically every game feels like WoW with some exceptions. This is like the biggest exception. Yeah. EVE Online is its own game. And it is doing some amazing things. Like, if you don't know, EVE Online is a space game right you start uh -huh. out and you have like a tiny ship and 
your pilot trains skills in real time, even if you're not sitting at the keyboard. So they have a companion app where you can like monitor your skills, make sure things are leveling up. Once you've mastered skills high enough, you can buy bigger ships if you have the money for it. There's a full economy in the game that's in basically entirely player run it goes from like mining all of the different like materials you need to crafting blueprints to actually crafting ships and components and things like that to building giant battle stations and to building things like star bases you know yep they have an uh i can't remember the name of the company but they have an economist on staff to make sure that everything is regulated nothing gets ridiculously out of hand or yeah. at least they used to no they do they do for sure and the thing about EVE Online that a lot of people might not know, it only has one server. Like yes. in WoW or any of these other MMOs we're talking about, the first time you log in, it's like, what server do you want to play on? And there's a list yep. of 50 or 100 servers. And you pick one, and then you're with that group of people on that server forever, unless you pay for a server transfer. EVE Online, the entire population is on one server. And it's not one server sitting in a rack somewhere, but you know, it's it's not like one single computer in a data center is what i'm trying to say but everybody's playing in the <laughs> same world and it's this massive server where you can go from one end of the galaxy to another and you're in the same galaxy that everyone else who ever has played eve online is in uh-huh and that alone just makes it this like unique butterfly that is supremely fascinating to read about especially with other games that have tried similar server structures kind of like the elder scrolls online and guild wars 2 where they still ended up having certain amounts of instancing and different versions of the same zone because their their technology couldn't handle like that many people clustered together at once where eve online doesn't deal with that they still have one version one instance of any zone that you go in you're not going to have anything overlapping in the same space it is you're there and you're there and it is the one world which no other game that i know of at least has yeah and you know i've wanted to like it like i've put a ton of time in because i wanted to find something to latch onto because i love sci-fi i love the idea of having one shared universe in a space faring you know world basically yeah and i just it gets to the point where if you're playing solo, it just feels like you're playing a spreadsheet. If not, you have to find like a group and you have to find the right group with attitudes that mesh with yours. And I just, I could never find that in the game, even though I know they exist out there. It's not easy for like a new player to really get into. I feel it. There's a huge learning curve on that game and it's hard. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't I don't do... understand it. See, I understand it because I've read a ton about it and I played. I played a lot of it. Like, I don't know yeah. if I've talked to you about how much I played it. Because no, I, really... I didn't realize you had played that much of it. I knew we had talked that you had, you know, you had played it, but I had no idea that you had played it. Yeah, and I really wanted to love it. I still want to love it. Every time a new expansion comes out or something massive happens in that game, I take another look and I keep yep. thinking maybe this will be a time to go give it another shot. So I don't know. Maybe someday. Maybe I might go back to it. Um, but I can't talk about a whole MMO history without mentioning EVE Online because it's this <laughs> yeah. little butterfly that's kind of different from all of the other things we've talked about. And it's still there. Like anyone can go play it right now. And, you know, weirdly enough, that's how I still feel about Ultima Online, that I can't find any other game that feels like like Ultima because they're... Even sandbox games don't seem to do that for me. Yeah. Like I, I that, that's that is how I feel like it's I like you. I want another I want to love it, but I can't go back to it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so we get get into a couple other high-level topics here because, like I said, we're not diving deep into any one thing tonight. But you put Facebook stalking your MMOX, nostalgia versus (laughs) reality. So why don't you talk about it? Okay, well, going going back to Ultima Online, like this is what I had in my mind when I wrote that topic down because Ultima Online is in rose-colored glasses this absolutely perfect example of a thriving world with good people who I still who I took career advice from. You know, there was a guy on the Lake Superior server who was in the Scarabray Rangers who sat down with me and talked to me about becoming a psychologist because he was a government research psychologist and his name was Psycho. I'm not sure if I just said that, but who was a who was a psychologist and told me basically that if I wasn't planning on getting a PhD that I was never going to be able to move very far into the field. And it was just astonishing to me. That was my first experience of this, you know, somebody who was older than I was. I was 17 years old at the time looking at going into college and he was I was having a career conversation with with my guildmaster and looking back like like I said, in these rose-colored goggles, it was just fantastic. Like, everything about it was great. That no sandbox MMO has ever been as wonderful as this because they've never felt as though they were a complete world. And I knew pretty much every inch of this world that I could recognize individual tiles on the mini-map. I'm not kidding. My roommate would call me over to his side of the room in college and say, BJ, where am I? How do I get back to town? And I would look at his mini-map, which was just a, like a, a two-inch circle with just dots on it in the for- that indicated a forest. And I was like, you go about three screens down to the southwest and you're going to be in Vesper. And he's like, why do you know that? And But I did. Like I went all in on Ultima Online. And then I look back at it and I want to play it again. I think about all of this and I want to play it again. I think about all the fun I had, all the people I met, just how wonderful everything about it was. And I download it and it's bad. Like, it's not bad. It's bad compared to what I remember it as. The reality does not live up to the nostalgia where the open world part of it has been changed by the further expansions that just so much about it isn't what it was in 2002 and 2003 that you know I read so much about the game I've seen where it is and it's you know I would much rather think about the game I would much rather read stories about it and tell stories about it and reminisce like old war stories you know the the kind of thing where I get together with my friends and like we talk about hey you remember that one time we stole that guy's glacial staff and it's like (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you remember that time you know I beat the guy to death with his own axe and it's like that was awesome and just things like this I love but sitting down at my computer 33 years old playing Ultima Online it's like going back on Facebook and looking at your high school girlfriend and being like man I wonder what it would be like if we were together and then it's like nope I mm-mm, there's a reason we broke up yeah I know where you're coming from I mean for the MMO part of it um it's it's like I feel this way about World of Warcraft and I feel this way about Eve Online because I've almost right. pulled the trigger on the last three WoW expansions and right now like the hype for the current expansion is in full force and i've almost bought it about three different times (laughs) and i I think it's more than three i still might end up getting it 
but it's this feeling, right? It's this nostalgia that I remember how much fun I had when I was having the peak amount of fun in the game. Yes. And when you go back and actually play, that's not what you get. You know, you have to like work back to it and you might never reach it again. And I feel like that about Eve, too. Like I I played enough Eve that I love so many ideas in that game that I want to love the moment to moment gameplay. And it never coalesced for me. But reading about Eve Online is one of my favorite things to do when I'm reading about gaming in general. Like Eve Online makes some of the most fantastic stories out of anything that's out there. And I don't even know the world. I don't know the people. and I don't know the game. But when I see an article about Eve Online, I read it. I love it. Yeah, it is interesting. So we might have to do a whole episode someday about the idea of a game versus reality of actually playing it. But I think mm-hmm. you hit the core of it right here. Um, besides that, I just wanted to like mention, it feels like in general, there's less and less MMOs hitting the market right now. And we're definitely like beyond that golden age of MMO gaming where yeah. we were getting new games multiple times a year. I feel like we're getting things like Destiny instead. These yeah. things that almost kind of feel like an mmo but definitely aren't but they fill that same void of like find a group get together with a group run content and make progression you know like you make progress in the game together you might have raids you might have a guild you might have core groups but it's not an mmo it's not a living breathing world like these other games and yeah it seems like more and more those are what are taking the place of games that might have previously been mmos and i don't know if i like that and it's not because I'm an MMO snob or anything along those lines, but it's as though they're taking the elements that I hate the most in an MMO and putting them into another game. They're putting the gear. They're putting, you know, grinding for tokens. They're putting in this mindless raid finding with strangers and not letting you find... They're not letting you find friends organically. They're not set up for community building because of game... and I'm thinking of games like destiny and and those those kind where i don't know they just don't feel they feel different. i don't even know they definitely feel feel different different and it's not as though they don't feel like worlds like you said and they don't feel they don't feel social despite having people around yeah and it just doesn't feel like a living breathing world and i know that none of the other ones ever truly were either but they felt like it more like that gut reaction to the world Mm -hmm. um it's just not the same. So that was just kind of an observation that I had. That's kind of the way that games that used to maybe be MMOs are now becoming things more like Destiny. And I like Destiny a lot. Like, I just don't know how I feel about that trend in general. So it's something I've yeah. been thinking about. I don't really have any answers. It's just a thought that's been kicking around in my head. Um, yeah, and it's something I've noticed over the years, too, and just really can't put my finger on what it is, why it is that I keep stopping to play them, stopping playing them. So the other question I had for you, is okay. there anything that you want in future MMOs? Is there anything you're waiting for? Any like progress you'd like to see, you know, any new systems? Like, is there anything that you just want for, you know, the mythological, hypothetical next gen MMO? I, I'm really tired of action bar combat and I don't know how to get away from it because I'm not a designer and a developer, first of all, but I'm really tired of having... Just, you know, this never-ending button and rotation combo. Like, 
action bar combat. Like I hate rotations worse than anything else in MMOs. Like all everything we've talked about tonight that was good and bad, all of it, that the idea of a DPS rotation being that there is a perfect sequence in which I can execute my character's abilities and perform optimally is not fun. That that's taking gameplay out of it and it's just making it rote memorization. And I want a game that does not rely on that to succeed. Yeah. Okay. So I think my main thing kind of ties directly into that. The thing that I want is I just want something that doesn't feel like wow. I mean, like I said, Eve gets closest to it, but I think getting away from the hot bar combat would be a big step in the right direction. Um, yeah. I really, I don't want more games that take the core of WoW and just throw a new intellectual property over them because that's what mm-hmm. we keep getting. Like, I, I'm sick of that. I don't want that anymore. The thing I really want, I want to see the first big virtual reality MMO. And I feel yeah. like we're still a long way away from it because VR is going to be a slow adoption process. But that's what I want. I think VR, because it's 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 a new medium basically to make an mmo in vr you're going to have to redefine mmos and that's what i want you know i think vr has the highest chance of actually giving us something that's different from wow and i'm excited for that and i think that when the next generation of virtual reality systems come out that we're going to get that I don't think based on, and I haven't played VR. I've only played with an Oculus Rift developer edition. Uh, I don't know if I told you about that. Did I tell you I played with an Oculus? No. The developer edition of it? It was while I was in Chattanooga. The library had one. So I cool. played with it. And uh, it was cool. But the controls were exactly like you said. And that's where I'm going with this. Like, until we can better control in virtual reality there is going to be a disconnect because it's never going to feel like a vr mmo if we're using a keyboard or a gamepad and even with the handhelds i don't think that targeting and things like that are going to work nearly as well as they could and they need to we're going to honestly probably have to get some sort of haptic gloves Mm. that that's going to have to be the next one at least where it'll track hand motion somehow i don't agree with you i they they already have it with the vive nope they've got it you just didn't you didn't play that you played with a controller or a keyboard didn't you yeah i I was playing with a keyboard and mouse but i mean can you really even with those can you manipulate it well enough that it would be an mmo rather than just like single clicks like can you do multiple button presses and things like that with those yeah absolutely i mean i okay i can shoot a bow and arrow in vr the same way i shoot a bow and arrow in real life and it behaves correctly. Like you okay. have one to one movement yeah. with your hands when you're in a Vive. And until you get that, you feel like VR is a gimmick. And I, I totally get that. Like right. I told you to expect that too if you ever played with yeah. a Rift and not a Vive. And yeah. so it doesn't surprise me that you walked away feeling like that because I yep. probably would too. Until it was you, exactly the way that you had said. Until you get those controllers in your hand and you actually have room scale VR, you're not really getting like the core of the right. experience. You're just getting this little peripheral gimmick thing that uh, that's a whole other topic. Just right. I worry that people's first experience with VR is going to be a bad one or a mediocre one, and they're never going to want to try VR again. I'm very apprehensive about the PlayStation VR because of that, because it doesn't look like it's really trying to do room scale. Like, 
the yeah. Vive is the only one that <laughs> it just feels like this like a revolutionary technology, but it's hard to convince people to get it for all these reasons, which we talked about a lot in our VR episode. So I'm not going to dwell on. Right. But I, I do totally see what you're what you're saying with that, too. And that was one of my big fears with the PlayStation VR, because I think you hit it on the head. And I think having a bad experience in VR is better than having a mediocre experience in VR, because at least you can see, oh, you know, this one is so bad. I'm going to try something else. But if you have just kind of a mediocre experience, you'll be like, hey, I'm done. Oh, uh, yeah, it makes me sad. But yes, okay, you guys got kind of our overview of MMOs. You know where we're coming from now. And now if we want to do a deep dive later, we can. So if there's anything you want us particularly to talk about in another episode, let us know for sure. Um, With that, it's probably time for our weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. And actually, we recorded because BJ has been out of town. So it's going to be for the last like two and a half weeks. I have so much geekery. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to get through it all and I'm going to have to gloss over some. So why don't you go first? Okay. So this past weekend, I went to my very first tech conference. I was given a ticket to WordCamp Nashville, which is a WordPress uh, users and developers conference. And Void had kind of pushed me toward the WordPress side of freelance development for a while now and showed me, you know, what all could be done with it. And I'd fought it for a little while and had finally moved in this direction. And going to WordCamp in Nashville has completely 100% solidified that as I'm working on coding and software development that it is actually going to be with WordPress and and its constituent parts with PHP, JavaScript, jQuery, all of this, because the community at WordCamp was one of the most wonderful things I've ever experienced. As much as it sounds like on here, I am not that much of a people person. I can talk and talk and talk, but when put in a group, I'm going to sit in the corner and wait on someone to come to me. And the thing is, at WordCamp, they did. Like, I met so many people. I had so much fun talking with people who cared about the same thing that I cared about, who really and truly understood where I was coming from with a lot of this and didn't care that I was new and just starting to look for freelance clients. It was amazing. And even I even went to the after party. This is the first time of any professional conference I went to the after party and hung out with the guys from WP Ninjas. I'm not sure if you use Ninja Forms or anything like that uh, when you're doing things, but these guys are phenomenal. They are fantastic. And just to plug them and getting nothing from it, go look at Ninja Forms 3. It came out last week, and it is awesome, and I'm already using it. But like these guys are great, and I drank in public, and that does not happen because I found Blueberry mojitos and (laughs) blueberry lavender mojitos you guys and i found them in oregon and i found them in nashville and it's the only place in a year i've been able to find them so i was around nerds who cared about what i did with the most absolutely delicious drink i've ever drank a blueberry lavender lemonade mojito and it's like just wonderful like the community there welcomed me in And I felt immediately like I belonged. I didn't sleep well on any night. And I was energized to go from about 4 o'clock in the morning until like 2 o'clock the next morning. And never felt like I was at a loss for energy. Like, that means that the community there 
and the freelancing that I'm doing through it is absolutely the right decision for me. So thank you, Void, for putting that in my head to do this and pushing me to those development tools that, that, that you showed me with Ultimatum and things. It is because if it hadn't been for that, I never would have gone to this. And it really changed my perspective on software development. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad you had a good time. And I like getting all the texts about what was going on and what was new and what you were finding <laughs> yeah. out. It's always cool. Um, the other thing that I know you've played, which is also on my list for Geekery, so I'm going to bring it up. Right. Um, you tried Duelist because I kind of made you. Mm. Yeah, you did. And you're like, dude, try Duelist. Dude, yeah. try Duelist. I'm so, like, I'm not doing anything yet. And you're like, dude, try Duelist. Dude, try Duelist. Well, you, were, like, no! you were traveling. I told you once, you, I get traveling. Back, once you get back to a computer, try it out. And you did. So <laughs> you did. Basically, and I did. Um, Duelist is a game that I tried out in early access. And it was okay i saw a lot of potential there and i think i actually wrote a blog post that said this game has a bunch of potential but it's not quite there yet and i saw a bunch of chatter on twitter and on a couple gaming sites last week or the week before it was basically like right. hey there's this game called duelist and it's actually pretty good so i turned around and i looked at it and it's actually released officially now so i gave it another shot i went back to it and it's really good now it's really good it's, yeah it's really good it, yeah it basically if you know these two games, it's somewhere between Hearthstone and Hero Academy. That's the quickest way to describe it. Basically, you get yeah. you get like kind of cards, but really more their skills. You you like build a deck of skills. You get a hand of skills to choose from, which might be monsters, might be powers, might be power ups, might be magic, whatever. And there's a whole tactical grid that I think it's like six by six or five by five, something like that. You have a general on the grid. And you can summon more monsters based on what skills you have. So it has the core of Hearthstone where every turn you're getting a new card, you have like a certain amount of mana and you can use that amount to use your skills. But you're moving your general around the grid and you're trying to kill the other general. So it's not just a card game. It's like a tactics game mixed with a card game, but done really, really well. Which is... Which is something for both of us that is like the perfect storm of awesome because it is engaging and the games are still quick enough that they don't feel like they trudge on forever, kind of like Atlas Reactor did. Oh, yeah. Because I liked Atlas Reactor, but it was too slow. That one of my big issues with that game was that it was too slow and I wanted a turn based strategy game yeah, uh, that was quick. basically PvP. Duelist is quick. And right now, if you go to Humble Bundle, there is a free 20... Uh, you can get a free 20-pack of cards right now. You can get 20 packs of cards for free on Humble Bundle uh, if you go this week while we're recording and releasing this. So go check that out, you guys, and give them your email so that you can get your free packs because I did that this morning. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's a free game. I don't think we mentioned that. It's totally free yeah, to play. It is free. It it doesn't feel like you need to put money into it, which I can't no. even I can't even say that for Hearthstone anymore, even though I love Hearthstone and it's technically free to play. Like you need to dump some money into Hearthstone to get your cards up yeah. there. You don't need to do that at all in Duelist. Like you could give them money, but you really don't have to. I've been playing this for a few days now. I mean, it may be four days since I installed it and I haven't spent any money, which is, you know, four days, not a big deal. But the in-game currency comes at such a rate that there are there are daily quests, there are daily challenges, there are practice games you can get it for. You can do solo and ranked like uh, 
you can do ranked like Hearthstone, and you can also do solo challenges, which reward you with different kinds of of gold and currency or whatever it's called. And it's just it's just lovely the way that they do it. Where I've gotten so many packs of cards just from playing the game, and their daily quests are something that you and I have talked about loving. It's play this many online games. That it's not win. There are ones that say win, but there are also some that are just that I've gotten more of of play four games online with this with this faction and i love that yeah i like that a lot too so i'm just i'm glad that you're liking it and i feel like we'll probably talk about it more in the next couple weeks because i yeah i see you still playing it i think you you'll like it for a while yeah i think that was pretty much everything i've geeked out about honestly over the last couple of weeks i'm still playing final fantasy 9 i've gotten to my low the part that i remember before as being the low point on disc three when they separated my parties and i am uh for me it's always with freya and quinna and uh amaranth and this time it's dagger where i'm separated i'm having to go through uh i can't even remember his name off the top of my head right now like they were prisoners i'm having to escape and it's just so hard and boring for me to go through this part because I didn't level up my side characters. Uh-huh. And so I'm powering through little by little to get back to the main narrative. Cool. Um, so for me, I have a bunch of geekery. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to glaze over a lot of this. So I, okay. re- I read all of the new Harry Potter short story collections. They're these little, they're not even novellas. They're short and they're full of like little right. vignettes about characters or schools of magic or secrets of Hogwarts. I really liked them. They were really good. Did you? Yeah. So I would recommend those to any Harry Potter fan. They're much better than the old type of tie in things that she did, like mm. that Quidditch book and, um, the magical creatures that you know the ones that came out with the original books yeah. these are yep, i've got those these are much much more interesting than those so take a look at those if you didn't even know they came out they're these little harry potter short story collections beyond that i played a bunch of blizzard games just because i've been at the back of my yep. like gaming backlog like i talked about so i played a lot of hearthstone a lot of overwatch a lot of diablo 3 actually while I got my wife to listen to The Adventure Zone, which besides like our podcast network, oh, yeah. The Adventure Zone is my absolute favorite podcast, and I finally got her into it. So I played all those games with my headphones off for like three or four nights in a row while we listened to the entire uh, back catalog of it. That was really fun. I re- oh, wow. Yeah, I read through Storm King's Thunder, and I think I'm kind of getting ready to maybe DM that for a group, which might be fun. A small group. It might just be my wife and my brother, but I really want to try like tabletop RPG soon. So Storm King's Thunder was the first official like D&D printed adventure that I read and thought okay. that it was like I wanted to run it. Like I've read a couple of the other ones because I own them. And I said, oh, that's interesting. But this was the first one I finished it. And I'm like, there were enough cool things in there that I could take that, and make it my own and it would be yeah. super fun. So I want to run Storm King's Thunder now. Beyond that, I'm still getting Gamefly games and flying through them. So far, I'm turning them all around in like a day. And that's fine because it means that I was right about these games. They're all B and C tier games. I didn't miss out on any like really sleeper hits or anything. Um, So since last time we talked, I played Just Cause 3, Ratchet & Clank, The Order 1886, Dragon Quest 7, and Until Dawn. The only one of those that I almost bought was Until Dawn because it's fantastic if you're a horror fan. I am not (laughs) a horror fan, but 
Beige, if you ever get a PS4, you absolutely have to buy Until Dawn because you will love it. I know you will. Is it on PC? I don't think so. I, I can't think it's remember. PlayStation if, exclusive. I think it's just on PlayStation. Yeah, that was the reason I hadn't picked it up when we had talked about it before, I think, because I want to play that. That that will I'm glad that it's older now though, where by the time well, it will be older. It will be older by the time I get to a PlayStation 4. So I'll be able to get it cheaper. Yeah. And the thing with it. It feels like a telltale game on steroids with real actors, huh. like, but in a horror setting. It's really, really well done. And I played, I don't know, maybe a third of it, I'm guessing, based on where I was. And I, the thing was, I get bored of the horror genre, but I can still appreciate the fact that it's like a very well-made game. And if you're into horror, you would just, you would eat it up. You would love Until Dawn. So if you are a horror fan and you haven't played Until Dawn and you own a PS4, seriously go get that game the other thing that i started this week that i've been thinking about pulling the trigger on for a long time is a zelda project so yay yay um basically like the final fantasy project i did where i played every final fantasy game in order all the way through and i beat everyone i've been thinking about doing something similar for zelda for a long time but there are certain zelda games that i knew i didn't want to replay or that i've played so many times that like i just i'm not in the mood to play it again and i know it well enough that i don't need to so i'm giving myself permission to do like a light kind of zelda project instead of a full-fledged like i did for final fantasy basically it means that i'm going to at least try every game again and uh, do like play every game enough to (laughs) jog my memory and form a good opinion and then write out at least one post and actually get all my thoughts out on every Zelda game in order because I've never done that before. And I started this week. I knew that the first couple I would probably fly through because I didn't really want to replay the first one, but I, so I, yeah, I mean the, the original one, like I beat it so many times as a kid and it just, the way that the controls in it have aged, it gets kind of frustrating basically it does that's true yeah it's it is it is very stiff i guess is the way that i think of it it's not very fluid in the way that he controls yeah very rigid it is and like the core of the zelda gameplay is there which is amazing that it was there in the very first game but it's just like the controls haven't aged well and it makes it kind of frustrating to play especially because i beat it before like i know my opinions on that game like, I just needed to play. I, you know, I went in and I played a couple hours. I beat a couple dungeons. It was enough to, like, jog my memory and write a post. So I already did that one. Um, I sampled the second game, which is the only one that I actively hate, and <laughs> wrote my post about that one. Like, oh, man, Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link is, it's horrible. I Sorry, I know some people like it. I just, it's not like the rest of the series, and I just don't like that game at all. I did those, and then I played A Link to the Past, and Oh my gosh, A Link to the Past holds up. Like, it is amazing how well that game has aged. It is so good. Like, have you played it recently? I haven't played it recently. It's been a while since I played it. It was on the Game Boy Advance, I think, that I played it. That was when they did the remake on for at first, right? It was the GBA, because yeah. that was the last time I played through was on the GBA version. And I really liked it. I mean, Link to the Past is a phenomenal game. That there is no way around how good this game is. That... It still always will hold the only, well, the first game I ever called the Nintendo tip line to figure out what was going on because my friend Luke and I were stupid, just straight up (laughs) stupid. 
you know the part where you at the it's about a quarter of the way through i guess where you uh you it may even be beating ganon i can't remember which enemy you beat you beat the wizard i think and he like teleports up we couldn't figure out where to you had, that you had to cut the curtain Uh-oh. it's all it took was cutting the curtain and going through the door we spent hours searching to do something and we could not cut that curtain we never tried it and we called nintendo for help back I, when they had a nintendo tip line so i had a guide handy but i didn't use it a whole lot i kind of just used it to look at um the next recommended dungeon and like which section of the map it was in and i tried to do yeah. everything on my own uh, without actually looking at you know step by step by step the right. only the only part where i actually had to look at the exact step to figure out what to do next is exactly where you're talking about i could not really? fig- i could not figure it out i mean even now you know in my late 20s like almost 30 I could not figure out how to. It's there's a curtain at the top of the screen, and you're supposed to slash yep. it with your sword. It is not messaged well. But besides that, it is not. Besides that, the whole rest of the game, like it was great. I loved playing it. It's a really good game. It still holds up really well. Um, even compared to like a bunch of modern games, like I I can't believe how good that game is. It's been a long time since I played it, and I'm really interested to replay. A link between worlds now because it's obvious to me how much those games are just like the same world map right it's it's like almost it's not one-to-one but in my mind it feels like it you know i've never played a link between worlds and i've heard so many wonderful things about it that i really intend on playing it fairly soon that i want to play it because i've, I've watched a couple of gameplay videos of it and it just looks simply wonderful so before i started this um you know i'm slowly building up my ranking of zelda games now like every game i add Uh it somewhere into the list and i don't allow myself to reorder them as i'm playing through in order which is the way i approach it um i know a lot of people like every time they beat a game then they think back on the series they allow themselves to move things around i don't do that as soon as one is locked in i'm only allowed to put the new game between two existing like ratings you know what i mean in my list yep so if i were to make a list before i started this from scratch right at the top would be wind waker and a link between worlds um because those are my favorite a link between worlds would probably actually be the top one because it's really really good oh and now I'm, i'm really curious to see in the context of the series where those two land for me i am too because wind waker is just just great like it is it is so good and i have a hard time believing that link between worlds is better than it it's different for sure but it's good i mean it yeah part of it there comes down to do you like the 2d zeldas or the 3d zeldas because they feel very different in the moment to moment that's true and um so i started ocarina of time again i'm probably gonna play a couple dungeons in even though i've beaten that game a whole lot i i feel like the 3d games have not aged as well as the 2d games Mm. and that's probably a bigger discussion for the inevitable zelda podcast that will happen at some point true but yeah, it's just something I'm going to keep in mind as I go. Like, I think 2D games have aged a lot better than 3D games from the early 3D era. And we'll see over I can, time. I can totally see that, though. As wonderful as Ocarina of Time is, I'm not sure if the no jumping and controls and camera system would really translate terribly well right now. Yeah. And I, we have said we will do a Zelda episode at some point. Those are games that we might do a deep dive on individual ones, too. Yeah. Like, even though I just beat 
A Link to the Past. I would love to play that again soon and do a whole episode on it because it's really, really good. Um, and I'll just by the way, so everyone knows, I was getting it didn't take him very long to beat this game. And I was getting text messages of screenshots that he was taking throughout the game. And they made me so happy that seeing this, like it may have even been this morning that I woke up to a series of two of them as he beat them, that I woke up, checked my phone and had screenshots of the end of Link to the Past. And I just, I mean, it did. It just made me giddy and happy. Like I was playing it and seeing this like slow motion motion like motion not even motion capture but stop motion playthrough of link to the past it was so fun yeah it only took like three play sessions i mean i understand the vocabulary of zelda games so that helps a lot yeah and yeah it's it's not a super long game if you're decent at zelda like i i don't know i don't think i'm that fantastic of a player but yeah it only took me three nights it was pretty quick um yeah that's not bad yeah okay We've been going on for a while. You guys, if you want to ask us about Zelda, you can always write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback, or if you want to talk to us about anything, really. Um, our email address is geektgeekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter, which is probably the better place, at geek2geekcast. And if you want to get email updates about the network's podcast, you can sign up at geek2geekcast.net and just tell us what shows you want updates about. I blog almost daily at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom, that's green mushroom without the E's, on Twitter. I also was running the Video Game News Now podcast, but that is on hiatus. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beige, it's Beige with two E's, and I do host the Geek Fitness Health Hacks podcast, but it has been on hiatus as I've been dealing with a whole lot of things in real life, and I will be on my way back with that soon, so if you want to listen to any of the back episodes of it, it's at geekfitness.net, and if you want to buy any of my fantastic science fiction and steampunk novels, they're at bjkeaton.com. Uh, just saying. We've been Void and Beige with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye-bye-bye, geeks. Bye-bye, geeks.